Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. Lord, your presence moving over our hearts and in our lives, Lord, and we will give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, buddy. Praise the Lord. Before you're seated, because I'm going to let you sit down, actually. I want you to high-five somebody. Keep your Bible where you got it, but high-five somebody and tell them raise a shout, raise a shout, raise a shout. Amen. I'm going to let you be seated this morning. Psalms chapter 100 is where we're going to take our text from today. I know that's a little different, throwing some of you for a curveball good. That's what exactly what I was hoping to do this morning because I'm tired of church as usual. Can I get an amen? Didn't come up in here today for gloom, despair, and agony on me. I came today because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Anybody happy in Jesus today? If you are, shout amen. Come on, shout amen like you really are. Amen. Happy in the Lord today. This chapter of Psalms, chapter 100, is is an exhortation to praise the Lord. It is a psalm of praise Verse 1 tells us, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Now, if we were just to stop right there, I wonder what a joyful noise sounds like. Does anybody know what a joyful noise sounds like? Can I, I'm going I'm to give you about 10 seconds to figure it out. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye. Any joy in the house today? When we dig into the Hebrew part of this verse, and you can even find this in some other uh, translations, that it is, it is the same word for, that is used in other verses for shout for joy. And it's the word ruah. And it actually is a, it, it, it has a couple of different meanings. And it, it's actually a, a, a sound that splits the ear. It's a piercing sound, if you would, and it is a shout that goes up. Uh, one, one reason for the shout is for alarm, but the other reason for the shout is worship, but it's also been uh, a shout that is a battle cry. It is a shout that goes out piercing the air, and it is a shout for joy. It's a shout because you have joy, and it also could be a shout because you need joy. And, and today, as, as we look at this verse, we're going to try it one more time because call me crazy. But it's a shame if the folks in the world are having a better time when they get together than the church is when we get together. When they get together, they they show themselves over nothing. And they wake up the next morning with headaches and hugging the toilet and forming Buicks. Do you know what I'm talking about? But when we get together, we get together to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning. Beginning and the end, you know who he is, the first and the last. We get together to celebrate Jesus. He's the one that is worthy today of our praise. And so we're going to praise him today with a shout for joy. Is there anybody here that's ready to make a joyful noise in this house this morning? 
<laughs> we're not quite there yet, but we're on our way. <laughs> In verse 2, he said, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. That word serve there means what you think. It's work, it's labor, and it's also to perform tasks with worship. With worship. Worship the Lord with gladness. Labor for the Lord with gladness. And come before his presence with singing. I don't know if you've got your song today, but you should have a song in your heart that is a song of victory, a song of joy. This morning early as I was praying over this service and over this message, I got to thinking about an old song that we used to sing years ago called I Am Blessed. Any of you remember that old song? But that wasn't how it came out whenever I was, when I was thinking about it. And I want to show you why. Because the Lord had been dealing with me all week as well over Psalm 137. I want you to turn there with me real quick. And it's verses 1 through about verse 4. He said, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Zion was, was the, the, all they had was a remembrance of where they used to be, the freedoms they used to have, the joy that they used to have. But they sat down and wept. Why? Because they were in captivity. And in verse 2, it says that they hanged, they hanged their harps, hung their harps on the willows in the midst thereof. And it says in verse 3, For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And in verse 4, it says, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Now, I don't know if I can do this today or not, but uh, I, I want to just kind of share with you, just if I can briefly, how a lot of, of worship is sounding into the Lord's ear. How many of you know today that no matter the battle or the struggle that you're facing, the Lord is still worthy of praise? Do you believe that? It doesn't matter if you're broke or rich, the Lord is worthy when you have nothing and when you have everything. Doesn't matter if you're sick or you're healthy, the Lord is still worthy to be praised either way. But the anthem, it seems like, and some of you, I'm just going to be honest, are guilty of this even this morning because your worship has been like a, 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 a stench that causes buzzards to circle. I know that may offend some. That's not my intention. But rather than it being an anthem that says, I am blessed, and some of you remember that old song, it, it's, it goes, see, I am blessed sounds like this. I am blessed. I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. Any of you feel that way? When I wake up in the morning till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed. See, you can't sing that without wanting to lift your hands in worship and have a smile on your face because you're thinking about the goodness of God. But you know how a lot of Christians, what they've turned it into? It's this. I'm depressed. I'm depressed every day that I live. I'm depressed when I wake up in the morning till I lay my head to rest. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I didn't mean for that to sound like Jeff Easter, but it kind of did. But the reality today is that's where a lot of folks are. 
You're living in this depression. When if you would realize, and this is where the children of Israel were at. They had been taken captive and they had been wasted in Babylonian captivity. And here was their enemy saying, sing us one of those songs of Zion. And what they did was they took their harp. Now, hold on just one second. Before anybody thinks I'm going to break bad on this thing, I'm going to tell you I ain't. But this right here is how depression sounds coming from you. Even when you get up in here trying to worship and your heart ain't in it, this is what it sounds like. I'm depressed. I didn't come up in here to be comical, but I am trying to prove a point to you that why in the world are we coming to church if we ain't coming to worship? Why are we coming to church if we didn't come to magnify the Lord? Why are we here if we didn't come to serve him with gladness? Some of you are guilty of standing there and watching everybody else when you need to be worshiping God right where you are. Shake off the depression and start praising God for the goodness in your life because I don't want this to be the sound coming from my worship. You hear me? But how many, that's where you're at. You, 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 you barely clap your hands. You barely lift your hands. You barely sing. You only stand if you're asked to stand. You only clap if you're asked to clap. You know, there ought to be a worship in you that is real and genuine. I don't know how long my cord is here, but I'm, I can go this far. But you know what they did? They said, we don't have any worship anymore. So they took it off. And they said, we're hanging our harps over here on the willows. We're hanging our harps over here on the willow tree. What does that mean? Because it represents weeping and it represents depression and it represents sorrow. And they're saying, we're, we're, they're wanting us to be happy. They're wanting mirth, which represents joy, which is the same word used in verse 2 where he said, serve the Lord with gladness. That word is the same word as in 137, mirth. Matter of fact, it means joy. It means happy. It means cheerfulness. It means gladness. They're wanting us in the middle of our captivity, in the middle of our struggle, they want us to worship our God. Matter of fact, they're even mocking us a little bit. And there's many that have fallen into this same place where you've, you've quit coming before his presence with singing. You say, well, pastor, I can't even sing. Listen, that's why he gave you an out, if you would. He said, make a joyful noise. Shout unto the Lord. Shout with joy. See, I believe there ought to be joy in the house of the Lord. Can I say it again? There ought to be joy in the house of the Lord, but not just here. There ought to be joy in your house. Come here, Malin. You see, that they went on there to say, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget the old Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. Don't do nothing until I tell you, but put your guitar on. Get over there and get ready. 
If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem over my chief joy. What they were saying was this, Lord, help me if I forget to praise you. If I let my right hand forget how to skillfully play and to worship you. Basically, he's saying this, that though we may be in a strange land, a land of captivity, we are still going to raise a shout unto the Lord. Though we may be battling sickness, we're still going to praise the Lord. Though we may have a financial need, we're still going to praise the Lord. Though we may have marriage trouble, we're still going to praise the Lord. Though we may be going through trial and troubles, we are still going to praise the Lord. It's time you take that harp off the willows and quit singing I'm depressed and start declaring that God has been good to me and he's still worthy to be praised. I know they didn't have electric guitar in Babylon, but if they did, I think it'd sound something like this over here. says, oh, no guitar in church, pastor. Let me just tell you this. Ah, the reason I love that right there is not too many months ago, the devil tried to steal that talent from this, uh, from this young man by a damaged finger, and he couldn't even close his hand. But I want you to know he's in this place today, and he's playing that guitar. He took it up off them willows. When the devil said you'd never do it again, do it again, boy, because we've come to declare and God has been good to us and he's worthy, 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 worthy to be praised. I believe they had to chime, chime down in a song like, and this is, this is looking forward, right? They, they'd had to have sung about the Messiah and for us it would have been, oh, victory in Jesus my Savior forever. Well, he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. Well, he loved me ere I knew him and all my love. Take that, devil, all my some of you need to declare it in the face of the devil. You're staring down. All my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. Come on, give the Lord a hand today because we're taking our harps off the willows. Well, would you just play it one? Just give me some rhythm with it. Play it one time. We're going to put our hands together with you because I, I want to give the devil a black eye. I can't even stretch my fingers out that far. Well, I might, but I can't get them to do that. I 
How many of you are thankful today that God is a God of restoration? How many of you are glad this morning that even in the midst of the struggle, Fausti, you can give God praise? Even in the midst of the battle, you can worship the Lord. You can serve him with gladness. If you believe that, give him a great big hand clap of praise this morning that you know he's worthy of. Come on, magnify him today. Brother Malin, a great big hand for helping me out this morning. Glory. Thank you, buddy. Ah, that's how you do it right there. Serve the Lord with gladness. See, I believe the problem with a lot of folks is they've lost their joy. They don't have joy anymore. Truth is, when you don't have joy, it's most of the time because you quit praising and you quit worshiping, and you're facing struggles and battles and difficulties, and the devil tries to steal that heart of worship and praise out of you. Get you, he wants to get you running to the wrong things, looking to the wrong things. He said, serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. In the next verse, it says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. How many of you believe today that Jehovah is God? How many of you believe that? Come on, God, Jehovah, that's the word. That word Lord right there literally does mean Jehovah. And the word God means Elohim, which is the supreme God. How many of you believe today that it's not Buddha and it's not Muhammad and it's not Confucius say? Come on, it's not Hare Krishna. It's not Hindu, the million Hindu gods. There is one true God, and this Bible calls his name Jehovah. And he's a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Anybody know? today that the Lord he is God. Do you believe it this morning that the Lord uh, I don't know that he's God. Can we say today that the United States government is not God? Are you hearing me? The state of Florida is not God. Your boss man or boss lady is not God. Your doctor is not God. Your lawyer is not God. There is one God. Are you hearing me today? And this word says the Lord he is the God. Why is that so important? Because he is the God. Look at the next part of that verse. It says it is he that made us and not we ourselves. Do you see that? It is he that made us. He's a creating God. Do you hear me? He is the one that created it all. Why is that important? Because he is not only the creating God, but he is the redeeming God. He's the one that created me and he's the one that died for me that I could make heaven more. I get a little excited when I start talking about it because there are no limits to the God we serve. He said, let there be light and there was light. He said, let the firmament separate from the waters and land came out of nowhere. He took dirt and molded a man, broke a rib out a day later and made a woman. Listen to me and understand. He is God all by himself. And the fact about it is he's God and he's so big to do all that but he's so personal that he said I'll live in your heart and I'll walk with you and I'll talk with you and I'll be with you every day of your life. The Lord, he is the God. Oh, I love that. He's creator. Then he said we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Somebody say I am his. 
He made me, and I'm his. He made me, and I belong to him. I, I love that because just because somebody made something doesn't mean it belongs to them. A potter makes a piece of work, a clay, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's his. It goes to somebody else, but the Lord made us. And we are his people. I am his. That's what you need to remember the next time the devil's trying to beat you down about who you are. Trying to beat you down of what you look like or, or, or where you're at in life. You need to stop and say, I am the Lord's. Did you hear me? You need to say, I am the Lord's. I know that every one of us, and I had this, this conversation with a family member this week, and we all have things about ourselves that, that we wish we could change. But And there maybe there are some areas that we can change to improve ourselves. But the reality is this. God made me to one day be a bald man. And I'm right there. Might as well just shave it all off and embrace it and live with it. Do you hear me? I, I, keep, I keep praying and believing for restoration, but it's not happened yet. And sometimes God just won't answer our prayers. How I many of you know I'm telling the truth? My wife, I'm just waiting on her to give me the go-ahead. And when she does, me and Gillette are going to sit down for a moment and let her take over. Let my wife take over because this is the reality. I can sit around worrying about that or I can say, you know what? This is how God made me. And the truth is, I found out in recent years that bald is cool. I, I don't know how that happened, but I think the Lord might have done it just for me to feel a little bit better. And I might be joining the ranks of some of these others that I see in here that are helping us spread a little light in this room today. But the reality is this. Don't let the devil be you up about who you are, about what you look like, or, or any of those things. You need to step into a place that you declare, you know what, devil? I belong to the Lord. I am the Lord's. Shut your mouth, devil, because I belong to God. I, maybe nobody needed to hear that today, but can I say it again? It's time the devil quit pestering you and tormenting you and coming against you about this, that, and the other, about yourself step up and say if you got a problem with it you take it up with my creator cause this is how he made me to be fashioned in his likeness yes serving him yes but there's some things I might not can change and I refuse to be beat up over it any longer I'm the Lord's I'm the Lord's and we are the sheep of his pasture. Got to thinking about that, Brother Marshall. What I like about that is this reality that the shepherd likes to be with the sheep. And the sheep like to be with the shepherd. How many of you have a, have some dogs at home? You got a dog or, or any kind of animal, I guess, a, a, a pet. And, and, and when you get home, do they greet you? Do they come up to you? Do they, do they bark? Do they wag their tails? Do they, do they, you know, we've got a little Yorkie that I've never seen nothing like it before or what he does. He stands up on both feet, uh, back feet, and he starts doing this with his paw, just standing in one place. 
And he because he just wants you to he wants you to reach down and pick him up and uh, hold him and uh, love on him a little bit. And that's what animals do when you take care of them and you feed them. They they want to be with you. They want to be around you. He has uh, separation anxiety from being away from Hannah, and he he lives for her to be there. She talks to him in ways that the rest of us don't. She takes care of him. She babies him. She dresses him up sometimes. I have a problem with that, even with a male dog, but she does dress him up sometimes. But but he, he imagine, let's transfer that over now to sheep. And, and, and sheep, even though, you know, the, they say they're mean and they'll bite you and all these kind of things, they, they love the shepherd because the shepherd feeds them. Psalmist David said in Psalms 23 that, that he leads us beside still waters and into green pastures and he, he feeds us and, and our cups run over. He takes care of his sheep. And so here we have uh, for the first few verses is saying you need to shout for joy. You need to serve the Lord, worship him and serve him with gladness and come into his presence with singing. And then he says in verse 3, because he is the God and he made us, not ourselves. We're not self-made men. Anything we are, we give the glory to God and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. That means that I want to be in his presence because he's with me. He feeds me. He waters me. He keeps me. He protects me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. He's my shepherd. But then we get to verse 4. And it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. I want to take a side note real quick because I just saw this daddy escort his daughter out and back in. And I want to just a word of caution to all of our parents of teenage girls especially. I heard a news report this morning of a 15-year-old girl that was with her dad at a, an NBA basketball game. The 15-year-old girl had to go to the restroom, so he let her go by herself. And he kept watching the clock, and she didn't come back. And he went to find her, and she had been abducted and sold into sex trafficking. They located her in Oklahoma City. Uh, she was in a hotel in, in Oklahoma City and had already been raped, already been sold into prostitution. They Thankfully, and I, I didn't hear who it was that, that was able to track her down, but they used online pictures to be able to identify the hotel by markings in the rooms and, and was able to track her down that way. They were able to save that 15-year-old girl. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? But she has a long road to recovery and has been awfully abused. Such trauma that has come to her life. And this morning, I, it made my mind flash to, I had to be in Panama City Beach this past week. And I'm going to share this with you because I felt the Lord check me in my spirit over it. That um, Hannah was with me and we both had to go to the restroom. And the where, where we went, the restrooms were on opposite side of the building. And so... I told her, I instructed her what to do, and 
and I was going to run real quick, use the restroom, and be right back there to meet her. But if I was not there when she came back, for her to go stand in this particular spot, and the Holy Spirit kind of just cho- just checked me that even that is dangerous, not just because of the public place we were in, but because to think it's safe for her to go in a women's bathroom by herself and me not be outside the door. And I'm not just talking about the day we live in with this transgender stuff that's going on that that someone could disguise themselves or use that as a purpose or reason to be able to go into a women's restroom, but I'm even talking about women today because the truth is there are women that are in such evil bondage as well that are facilitating these kind of things. It used to, we'd never dreamed of that, but the reality is there are women that are aware of these kind of things and engage in it themselves, they become the tool the devil uses to be able to, to capture these young girls, their trust. Well, how do you say her name? Ghislaine Maxwell for Jeffrey Epstein. If you don't know who that, that's exactly why I won't drink Maxwell coffee anymore because my understanding was that was her family, uh, the Maxwell family that actually started that, so I won't have anything else to do with it. But this is the reality that we're living in that kind of evil time that there's nothing, there's no, don't, don't think anywhere is safe today. You parents, keep your eyes on your children at all times you can't you can't live a life of trust outside. You, you've got to be careful and be watchmen's in your home or in, in in your children's lives. And I'm just saying this as a word of caution, not just teenagers, but all our children. Period, all the way down to you have them raised, gone, you know, raised and, and gone. You, you you need to make sure that you're protecting them and you're a watchman and you're keeping them at all times. Okay, and I'm saying that to you with the heart of a watchman today that we need to be careful. Okay, if you receive that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. I'm thankful that young lady was recovered. I want to get our musicians to join me back up here if I can. And I want us to look at verse number four where he said, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Now, I want to ask you today how you entered in. How did you enter in this morning? Did you enter into his gates with thanksgiving? First of all, this is a reference to the gates of of Jerusalem, the gates of the city, 12 gates, and we find there's many different gates, many different reasons for these gates. But he's saying when you come in, you need to come in with thanksgiving. And I want to ask that right now. Who came in this morning with thanksgiving in your heart for all the Lord has done for you? If you did, shout amen. Now, I, I, I just about would want to, uh, and y'all just kind of hang out. You don't got to play nothing yet. Just just hang out with me here. Grab that stool and just sit down there and, and, and just, just sit down. Yeah. I, I was good mind to run everybody out this morning into the parking lot, but I was afraid some of you might use it as an escape opportunity. And so I, I said, no, we're not going to do that. So I, I kept you in here, but I, I wanted to run you back out there and say we're going to come in this morning the right way. We're going to come in this Put it up here if you would. Put, we're going we're to come in this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts that we're thankful for all the Lord has done. Can y'all come turn it around? Can you turn it around? Put the head down there, your feet on this side. Let me just start with this section over here. I want you to think, is there anything that you're thankful for that the Lord has done in your life? Are you thankful? 
What about you guys? Are y'all thankful for anything that the Lord has done? This section over, are y'all thankful for what the Lord has done in your life? Wow. Thankful. You know, I'm thankful. It's, it's an attitude of what? Gratitude and worship. But it's an attitude that says, I'm so thankful for what God has done in me. See, when we are thankful, we live that out. See, we're living in a day and in an age that people expect a lot. I'm not even going to go where I was just thinking about it. I'm going to save it for a different time, maybe a Wednesday night. But, but listen, it's amazing how folks even come to church expecting a lot but giving very little. We go to church to get a blessing rather than to give God a blessing. Fixing to show you that that is the reason why we're here. We've come in with thanksgiving. Oh, I know we come in oftentimes with needs, but the reality is this. When we enter his gates with thanksgiving, we come in ready to lift our hands, ready to worship God, ready to thank him. <coughs> Pastor, I'm just in the middle of a battle right now. Who's not in the middle of a battle right now? Well, I just can't find anything right now to thank him for. If you can't find anything else, then thank him for the fact that you're saved and on your way to heaven, and that's reason enough to lift your hands, clap your hands, and give him thanks. But I'm going to tell you what I felt the Holy Spirit kind of dropping in my soul earlier this morning is the reality that we still need to praise him for those things that he's done in our life years ago. Well, I already praised him for that. Praise him again. You remember, it helps you remember his goodness. You remember that time that you didn't have that money for that electric bill and you prayed and God sent somebody that didn't have a clue what you were going through and they slipped you a stack of $100 bills and said, I just felt led to give this to you and you were able to go pay an electric bill. How many of you know that's not coincidence? That's the same God that did that then is still alive today and he's still worthy of that praise. Remember praying for your children? Thankful heart. Remember praying for your husband? Thankful heart. Are you hearing me? A thankful heart. You remember? Think about it. Praying for that car. Thankful heart. Lord, I give you thanks for that car of mine. I give you thanks that you've made a way. I give you thanks that you came through. I'm going to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I'm not coming in down and out and focusing on everything that's wrong. No, I'm coming in to thank the Lord. And guess what? The next thing was enter into his courts with praise. See, before the cross, the people could only go into the outer court. Only the priests could go in the inner court. But after the cross, the veil was rent. And because of the rending of the veil, it, it, it signified that the way into the holy of holy where the ark of God was kept now man can go in but Jesus took it a step further and he said I'm going to send a comforter your way I'm going to send the Holy Ghost and on the day of Pentecost the Holy Ghost was poured out and so therefore we can step into a place of the presence of a living God and any more doesn't matter where you're at how many of you are glad that you ain't got to be at church to get in his presence you can be on the lawnmower and feel the presence of God you can be right 
riding down the road in your pickup truck and feel God's presence. Are you hearing me? You could even, oh, help me, Lord. You could even be happy. No, I ain't even going to say it. You can feel the presence of God anywhere as you begin to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. He shows up right there where you're at. See, Acts chapter 9 tells us a story of a man by the name of Aeneas. Come here, Aeneas. Bible says for eight years, Aeneas, and you know I don't always use illustrations, but I felt like the Lord would have me to today. Aeneas. Oh, 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 I probably shouldn't do that, should I? There might be some folks that you just, Holy Ghost just left you right then. It's just amazing. Sometimes no matter what you do, it's just everywhere. <laughs> Help us, Lord. Aeneas. That's the best I can do, brother. See, Aeneas, for eight years, was on a bed. The Bible says he was on the bed because of palsy, which this particular palsy was was a, a paralysis. He couldn't walk. He he couldn't take care of himself. He couldn't do for himself. But chapter nine says that Peter was passing through all quarters, all regions. And he, had, he was actually on his way to Lydia, but on the way to Lydia, he finds this man by the name of Aeneas. And he sees Aeneas, and he comes up to him, and he literally says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Arise and make your bed. And we find that what happened in this moment was immediately Aeneas gets up and makes his bed. How many of you know that was a miracle in itself? Come on, parents of teenagers said amen. I see you don't do it, so make it. Fold it up. (laughs) Make your bed, Aeneas. This is the reality, and this is what I want you to grab a hold of. Okay, good job. Now lay back down there, Aeneas. Cover back up for me. All right, there we go. This is the thing, Aeneas. You've been laying here long enough. You've been living with this paralysis long enough. You've been paralyzed in unforgiveness. This I'm talking, referencing this as, as, as where many are at. You've been paralyzed with addiction. You've been paralyzed with fear. You've been paralyzed with the, the horror of abuse that you suffered in your life as a child. You've been paralyzed by so much, and you've been laying on this bed for eight years, Aeneas. But the Lord sent me by your way today to tell you, not the counselor makes you whole, not the doctor 
doctor's going to make you whole, not the attorney or the banker, but Aeneas, you hear me? Jesus Christ makes you whole. He is the healing God. He is the redeeming God. Are you hearing me? It was a declaration that Jesus makes you whole. And you're not going to keep laying there, Aeneas. I know that you've been bound by things. I know that this has had you paralyzed and you haven't been able to do for yourself. You've been living a life of dysfunction for so long, but I've come to tell you today that what the Lord did in me, he can do in you, Aeneas. And you got a choice because I'm fixing to give you a choice. You can either listen to what the word of the Lord is and get up, or you can keep laying in this bed of anguish. You can let this bed be a bed of defeat, or you can let it become a testimony of God's triumph in your life. Haven't you run long enough, Aeneas? Haven't you done it your own way long enough, Aeneas? I know you want to change, so I'm saying to you today, Aeneas, arise. Get up, Aeneas. Get up and make your bed because the next time you lay down on this bed, Aeneas, you ain't going to be in pain. You're not going to be paralyzed, but this is a testimony of God's goodness in your life, of God's power, of God's delivering power in your life. It's a testimony. Now, what I want you to grab a hold of we're just going to carry the little, I would have you carry that. I preached this, I preached that whole passage in Acts 9 back in the fall of 19. Aeneas' name means praise. Also means praiseworthy. How many of you believe Jesus is praiseworthy? That when he looks at you, he sees praise coming from you. When he looks at you, he sees somebody that with joy is serving the Lord. Hallelujah. When he looks at you, he sees somebody that's not afraid to shoot their hands up and to worship and to praise and to magnify God. When he looks at you, oh, he knows you might be in the struggle of your life, but you still are serving the Lord with gladness. Are you hearing me? You still are serving God with gladness. There's a praise that is inside of you, and he's calling that praise forward today. Praise, get up. Praise, get up. You've been quiet long enough. I know you're fighting for your life, but there's a praise inside of you that you've got to let it out. And it's a praise that God is good. It's a praise that God is merciful. It's a praise that God is with you today. Let a praise out. Hallelujah. I'm going to let you go praise on the drums. <laughs> Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. For the Lord, what's that next verse say? Huh? For the Lord is good. Whew. The Lord is good. What you're carrying around there, Shay? Oh, well, this is just my testimony of who I used to be. 
This is just my testimony of what I used to go through. And what I, this is just my testimony. Are you hearing me? Because the Lord is good. When I couldn't save myself, he saved me. When I couldn't deliver myself, he delivered me. The Lord is good. What you're carrying around, Shelby, I'm carrying around a testimony in my life that my God saved me, redeemed me, delivered me. Why are you carrying around? Because there's a praise in my heart, Grace. And he said that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You know what that is? That's a praise on your lips for what God has done in your life. See, I think we need to have, we need to throw a party. We might start calling our church services just Holy Ghost party Sunday morning, ten o'clock. <laughs> For the Lord, see, I wore this shirt on purpose this morning. This was the wildest looking shirt in my closet. It doesn't have batteries, but it probably should. I wore it because I wanted somebody to look and go, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I, they, you know you're always going, I like that shirt, preacher. And you turn around and say, did you see his shirt? Because my wife bought this for me for Easter. She bought it for me because she loves me. And so I'm going to put it on and I'm going to wear it whether you like it or not. Did you hear me? Well, I don't like it. Well, you ain't got to wear it. Well, I still don't like it. Well, you ain't got to look at me when I'm wearing it. I still don't like it. Well, maybe you need to find another church then because I'm going to wear it. Maybe we don't need to go that far extreme. Just put you some blinders on. Maybe wear some shades up in there. Preacher, your shirt and your head's blinding me. See, this is the deal. Oh, Mo look over, looks over at you and says, I don't like how you're praising. I don't like how you're worshiping. And finally, no, nobody better do this in here, but I'm just saying it's, it happens in churches. Fasty looks back over and says, okay, Mo, I won't do that anymore. I won't lift my, my clap and offends you, so I'm just not going to clap. My, my praise offends you, so I'm just not going to sing. Somebody turned around and said, oh, you, you got to stop singing. You are killing me. I have a really weak gag reflux, and every time you start, I'm, I just, I. But what you need to know is this. Just like my shirt that my wife bought for me, you didn't pay for your salvation. Jesus did. And you need to make your mind up that your praise ain't about Mo, and it ain't for Mo. And if he don't like it, too bad, because the Lord has given you a garment of praise. And it's time you put it on today, whether somebody else wants you to or not. Make up your mind. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to worship my God. I'm going to magnify Jesus. I'm going to praise him, because he's, has he done anything for anybody in this
this place today that there's a praise inside of you. Come on. Is there a praise on your lips? Is there a praise in your heart that God is good? He's real good. He's been so good to me. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to act like God's been good to you. everlasting so if we didn't have a reason to praise him about him being good to us we can break open a praise right here that his mercy is everlasting what does that even mean preacher mercy it's loving kindness it's grace now we all know that if we're not careful, you can go too far where the Holy Spirit won't deal with you anymore. If you're here today and you're not saved, you better run to this altar and give your heart to Jesus because you're not promised tomorrow. Today might be your last opportunity, might be your last chance. You've got to quit reasoning it out of, of, of whether you can or whether you can't serve God. None of us can do it in and of ourselves. But Paul said in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Today's the day of salvation. Do like this man right here. He didn't even wait for the preaching or for an altar call. He got up and ran to the altar on a Wednesday night, and he's been here ever since. God's working in him, working on him. His mercy is everlasting. That means that when I wake up in the morning, his mercy is new. See, David said it like this, that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days 
of my life. Mercy, his kindness. Aren't you glad that you that it that this didn't happen? You knelt down one night to ask God to forgive you of, of your sin, and the Lord said, Oh, sorry, buddy. We ran out. You you already used your last mercy token. You used it up. Your your mercy card has been declined. Are you hearing me? You try to swipe that debit card of mercy. Lord, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I repent. And, and, and you get the message back. Overdrawn. How many of you are thankful that when you knelt down your knees and said, Lord, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. I repent of this. That then all of a sudden stood at attention and said, that's my child asking for forgiveness. You are forgiven. I will wash you in my blood. I'll cast that. Give me that sin. I'll cast it as far as the east. Somebody ought to give God praise today that his mercy is everlasting. Sorry, baby. Not you, that baby. Lord does me that way. Every time I'm talking to her and say baby, he said it's okay. I want you to get a full view of this wild shirt. Mercy and goodness. The Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. The Lord is good. And his mercy is everlasting. (laughs) Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days. All the days of my life. Why are you praising God you're going through such a struggle? Because I prayed unto the Lord and because of his mercy, he came right where I was at and held me and and, and, and give me a peace in my soul that everything was going to be okay. He's been so good to me. I know, I know in the natural it looks like I should be laying down squalling and living in depression, but somehow God has come to where I'm at. His goodness has surrounded me and his mercy has upheld me and so I'm able today to stand with hands raised because of the goodness of the Lord when I lay my head down tonight mercy is going to be standing there waiting on me when I lay my head down tonight goodness is going to be standing there waiting on me I know some of you have reached that age where you're up and down quite a bit through the night. Mercy looks at goodness and says, oh, is this it? Goodness says, nope, bathroom break. But they're standing by ready because the Lord is my shepherd. And he told me mercy and goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. That means that mercy and goodness are gonna f- me all the days of my life. Mercy, I'm messing you up, ain't I? Mercy and goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. 
mercy and goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. Mercy and goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. And sometimes life gets a little hectic. And sometimes life gets a little busy. And sometimes it's hard to keep up. And sometimes we wonder they're way back there, ain't they? Speed it up, mercy and grace. I'm going slow. But we need to know today that in the midst of every battle and in the midst of every struggle and mercy and goodness are going to follow us all the days of our lives. Mercy and goodness. They hold us up. Mercy keeps us from falling and goodness makes sure we look good. Straightens our shirt. Brims our spiritual hair up. When we feel like we can't stand, mercy holds me up. Goodness says, you okay? You all right? Why? Because the Lord loves us that much. That's why he's with us. And that's a reason to raise a shout. Then he said, his truth endureth to all generations truth so every day of my life the Holy Spirit's walking with me and I'm being accompanied by mercy and goodness and truth and the devil comes along stand up Fausty represent the devil points his bony finger in my face and says, you're nobody, you're nothing, you're going to die in this. But all of a sudden, truth steps up, turns around and looks at me and just says, nope, that ain't true. Let me tell you the truth. You're going to take him down, wouldn't you? Puts his hand on my shoulder and says, let me speak the truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Well, he begins to let me remember what the Word says. Well, the Word says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. The Word says that he said he'd give me his peace. The Word says the joy of the Lord is my strength. So I'm able to say, shut your mouth, devil. This is what truth is, and truth endures with me. Mercy and goodness is following me, but I'm walking with truth today, and truth says I am his, and he is mine. Truth says I am a sheep of his pasture. Therefore, because I know the truth, I can tell the devil to shut up, and when I come in a service like this, there's a praise that gets up in me. I can't help but lift my hands. I can't help but clap my hands. I can't help but sing unto the Lord and to raise a shout because God has been good to me. Stay with me, mercy. Stay with me, goodness. Stay with me, truth. So we back up to the first two verses because they sat down by the rivers of Babylon and wept and hung their harps on the willows. The very name Babylon means confusion. They sat down by the rivers of confusion 
and wept. See, when you are in a place of depression, it's because the Lord is wanting to bring you to a place of truth. The devil wants to keep you there confused. The only way out of depression is praise. Your spirit is no longer pressed down. Isaiah said that he's given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So the decision becomes mine. Am I going to hang my harp up on the willows, sit down and weep in the, by the river of confusion, or am I going to get a song in my heart again and sing the songs of Zion? And even if my flesh doesn't feel it, my spirit says we're going to do it. And I'm just going to sing and thank the Lord for his goodness and thank the Lord for his mercy. I'm going to even praise him on credit. When things haven't happened, I'm going to praise him for what he's going to do and how he's going to move. I'm going to do what the psalmist David said, I shall yet praise him for he is the help of my countenance. I'm going to praise him again and again and again. I refuse to sit down any longer by a river of confusion in my life and be dominated by a spirit of fear. I'm standing up today like an Aeneas getting off a bed of parallel palsy and stepping into a realm of worship and praise and making a joyful noise unto my God and magnifying my Jesus because he's done so much for me. Are you going to raise a shout today? in your life I want you just to look around you real quick look around those beside you in front of you, behind you, please look around you don't know what those around you are facing you don't know what those around you have been through Sister Kayla never ever try to embarrass you but I feel like the Holy Spirit just pointed you out how old are you? 29 years old and holding. Already buried her mama and her daddy. If Satan had had his way, she'd have gotten out of church. But somehow, somehow the Lord says, girl, mercy and goodness is going to follow you think back about two years ago I think it was back up three years ago her and I'm just going can I, can I just share just a little bit her and Daniel had parted ways and he was squalling praying oh God give her back to me give her back to me Jesus I'm ha- some of you helped us pray with him during that time God give him back to him and she was like mm, no I don't want nothing to do with you then all of a sudden, over process of time, he backed off on those prayers, but God was still dealing with her. And she come back around full circle and said, he's the one for me. He is my knight in shining armor. He is my hunk of of burning love. I mean, he is, woo, when I see that man. You know, she's like, I get off. She, she may not have said all that, but the Lord was dealing with it. Truth sat down. <laughs> it's all right, Truth. <laughs> 
But all of a sudden, the Lord started dealing with Daniel now because Daniel had went separate directions. God brings Daniel back. And all of a sudden, fireworks, sparks, and I love you, and I love you. And all of a sudden, will you marry me? Yes, I will. And then all of a sudden, we're having a, a wedding in November of last year. Ain't that awesome? That's the goodness of God. But a young lady who's had the odds stacked against her is doing very well. And it's because mercy and goodness are following you and truth is holding you up. And she's just one example of many in this room today. Might even be a teenage young lady that comes right by herself. There's just something about that Pentecostal church that she wants to go to. Mom and Daddy lets her go. They're, they, they're in church, but she wanted to come to this Pentecostal church. It says a lot about a youth ministry that is after Pentecost. It says a lot about a church that is after Pentecost. See, in my spirit this week, I just felt like there's got to be a shift. We're in hard times. You know, we're on the tail end of what was supposed to be the tail end of a pandemic that now it's wanting to rear its ugly head again. Supposedly, allegedly. <laughs> I heard a report the other day somebody went to the ER with an ingrown toenail and it turned out to be, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But even in the midst of our struggles, the Lord is still worthy to be praised. See, the devil knows if he can shut up the praise from your lips, he's got you defeated. This morning as we close this service out, I just felt in my spirit that there's got to be a shift that we, that we shift in our spirits to the place of we start being more of a people of praise. Quit being negative about everything. Quit focusing on the negative and start being a, a, a person, a man, a woman, a young man, young lady of praise. One that, that, that makes a joyful noise unto the Lord and serves the Lord with a gladness, a joy in your heart. It's a shame that many of God's people have lost their joy. They're not happy with anything. You could serve them up with a gold brick and they'd be unhappy that you didn't wrap it. See, we need a, a, a shout in our hearts of, of praise and a shout for joy. It'll get you off this bed of spiritual palsy and paralysis. It'll take the harp off the willow. So what about you today? Do you have something to praise him for this morning? I'm not saying you're going to ask him for something. I'm asking, all right, do you have something to praise him for?
because that verse, stand with me. (laughs) That verse said, verse 1, make, make a joyful noise. That means you got to put something together. Now, I know that's that same word that's used in other places for shout. It's a battle cry, but I believe we can also stand on that word make, the synonym there, make. you got to put something together for there to be a joyful noise. I want you to reach out and reach out your hand like you're grabbing something real quick. Just do that for me. Just grab something pull it to you. We're going to do it again. This time I want you to know what you're grabbing for. You're grabbing for the testimony that I'm saved and on my way to heaven. Reach out there and grab that. Hold that in your hand. And if you ain't got nothing else to praise him for, that's enough. I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. But I want you to think at least about one more thing that the Lord has done for you and reach your hand out right now and grab a hold of it and pull it to you. Whatever it may be, I thank you, Lord, that you provided for our, my car. You provided for my home, for my family. Thank you for something. Reach out there and grab a hold of it. Now I want you to take that thankfulness in your hand, and I want you to stretch both of those hands straight up in the air right now, right now. And now I want you to let go of it, and I want you to say, Lord, I'm shouting for you. I'm shouting for joy. I'm shouting in praise. I have come to make a joyful noise. I'm thankful, God, for all you've done in my life. With those hands raised right now. See, sometimes we have to go through an exercise even to realize we got to make something here in our own hearts. The devil's trying to keep us from worshiping and praising, but I'm grabbing a hold of my testimony of salvation, and I'm grabbing a hold of my testimony of God's provision, and I'm lifting them up to you today, Lord. I'm going to thank you for all you've done in me. I'm going to praise you for all you've done in me. I'm going to give you, Lord, just the glory and the honor for all you've done in my life. I worship you. I praise you. My, 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 right where you are. Come on. Come on, stir a praise up. Stir a praise up. Right where you are, stir a praise up. Come on. Stir a praise up. Woo, stir a praise up on the inside. Oh, the devil's saying, yeah, but you you got to be down and out because of what you're facing. No, I don't. I'm going to stir a praise up. Maybe it's something you got to praise God on credit for. Start praising him on credit right now. Glory to God, glory to God. My, my, my. I wonder who would walk down to this altar area, even with hands raised, and say, I'm coming to praise my God. Come on, who would walk down here? with hands raised. I'm coming to give the Lord thanks for all he's done. Even with hands raised, I'm coming to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I'm coming to worship him and praise him. Even with hands 
raised. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord is Savior, this altar right here, I want you to step out and come kneel right here. Doesn't matter who you are, man or woman, boy or girl, it'll take a big man or big woman to step out, but step out and come. Nobody's going to embarrass you, but come kneel at this altar today. Come on with hands raised. Can we just start worshiping him? Can we just start praising him? Come on, get lost in his presence. Get lost in his presence today. Praise, get up. Praise, get up. Praise, get up. Praise, get up. We'll take that harp off the willows. Take that harp off the willows. Hallelujah. Come on, buddy. He's been good to you. Hallelujah. Raise a shout. If he brought you out. Hallelujah. Everything. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Come on. Praise him. Come on. Magnify him. Glorify him today. Lord. Sometimes you even got to praise him for the struggle. Sometimes you even got to pray for the battle. Sometimes you even got to magnify him. Even with what you're facing, even with what you're going through, you got to know he's with you and he's going to carry you through. He's going to walk with you through it. He said he'd never leave you and he'd never forsake you, but he'd be with you. He's with you today. He's with you today. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we magnify you. God. And all the blessings and Come on, don't wait on anybody to lay hands on you. This is your time with the Lord. This is your time with the Lord. Come on, praise Him. So testify. If God still provides to tell the truth, if He's been good to you, raise a shout. If he brought you out, everything we burn, she praises. So testify. Come on, love on him. If God love on him. Provides, Praise him. Tell the truth. If he's been good to you, raise a shout. Raise a shout. If he brought you out. Everything we Come on, glory, glory. Can we sing it with hands raised as high to the heavens as we can get them? Come on. Oh, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Mighty God. He's alive. He's alive. Glory, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, mighty God, now I see, glory, glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, he's alive, hallelujah, would you reach your hand over and lay it on that person that's right beside you? I want us to pray one for another. Come on, pray one for them. Maybe even just.
just continue to worship as you're right there. Let's just magnify the Lord together. Let's magnify the Lord together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's alive. Make it an audible praise. Start speaking out what you're thankful for. Speak it out. Praise him on credit. He's Yes, Lord. Glory, glory. How his love is overcome. 
Pray for Mama Joy this morning. So testify, if God still provides, tell the truth, if he's been good to you, raise a shout, if he brought you up. Everything with breath, sing praise Glory, glory, hallelujah. I was blind, but now I see. Glory, glory, hallelujah. He's alive. Holy Ghost power upon our church family. I want to thank all of you that joined in our seven days fasting and prayer this week. Today finishes that out. 
thank you for those that were able to come and pray. We had a few that, that were able to show up on um, Thursday night, and I just want to tell you thank you for being here, putting forth that effort to be here. I feel like we need to have more corporate prayer days in the very near future, and we've just got to all buy in to the need for that because it's through prayer that we become a catalyst in the community. What I mean by that is the gospel is truly only spread by a praying church. And what I mean by that is this in Acts chapter 2 church. See, the Holy Ghost is not poured out for us just to come together and have, you know, thrills, frills, and chills. He's poured out to fill our lives, for us to be baptized in, his, in the Holy Spirit, for us to be able to walk in victory, walk in power, walk in boldness, that ultimately we can become witnesses in this world pointing folks to Jesus. That's what Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1. You're going to receive power. So I'm praying for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Listen, if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, I'm praying that you experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Oh, preacher. Oh, wait a minute. I don't know about that. Now, I'm kind of, I, I kind of, I don't want to, no, that, may, that ain't for me. Wait a minute. Yes, it is. And I'm praying that for you. So don't be shocked if you're on your job one day sitting in your little cubicle, if you have a cubicle, or your little office, or the nurse's desk. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just starts moving over you. You start feeling, I mean, the Holy Ghost is touching you right where you're at. Woo, you have to dismiss yourself. <laughs> or maybe he just falls right there in the middle of everything. I don't know. Maybe it's in your quiet time when you're praying early in the morning, but or maybe it's in a service just like this. But I'm praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all of you. If you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, I'm asking the Lord to rebaptize you. Baptize, get filled up to overflowing. How many of you believe that that is a real a real experience, the baptism in the Holy Ghost for believers today? Amen. There's some that say that was for years ago. No, no, no. That's for today. And a praying church will experience that fresh moving and outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Because when we come up in here, you know, when you're in the, wor in the world and they threw a party, somebody showed up with a booze. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. And they partied hardy. Some of y'all did that. And y'all come up in here acting all prim and proper. <laughs> huh? If you partied hardy when you were living in sin, don't you think that you ought to be a party hardy for Jesus when you come up in a, in a service or in your life every day that you're radical for him? You're a worshiper. You're a praiser. You don't care what anybody says or thinks about it. Because I can promise you this, 
that the Holy Ghost will show up with a new wine in this place. And when you get drunk on that new wine, you ain't going to have a hangover the next morning. It's going to be a splitting headache. You might be hungover in the Holy Ghost. I can tell you, when I got wrecked in the service about the, a month and a half or so, or half, or two months ago, I, there was there was the, nearly a 36-hour period that my mind was cloudy and I, I couldn't hardly even talk right, Pastor. That ain't real. I'm telling you the truth. Whenever the Holy Ghost falls in your life, he will fill you up to overflowing. It's time we realize that we've showed up for a party and it is to celebrate Jesus. I guess, and I'm closing, I guess what bothers me is that you see folks show up for concerts and they just jump around like they're having such a great, great time and, and they leave just, just as miserable as when they went in. But the church shows up and you'd think that it, the first thing was going to be the obituary. See, if we were to read the obituary today for Jesus the very end of it would have to be but he was only dead three days because on the third day he got up victorious over death and hell and the grave so is anybody glad today that we serve a risen Savior we've not come for a funeral come on stand with me I got a lot more in me but I got to let you go I just feel a stirring of God's spirit that we need the joy in the house of the Lord again. Come on. To shake off the drab, mully grubs of religious experience, formality, and obligation. And step up in here like, woo, we come to have a good time in Jesus today. We all could see how these three teenage young ladies are looking at me right now like, Pastor has lost his mind. Ah, joy, Fausty, joy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.